morning. Good afternoon. Oh. Wherever you are in the world, we're sending you love from Bricktown. Dad, how you doing? Doing fine. What is new in your world? Oh, I'm still breathing. Everything's going fine. Watching what's going on with the set stuff in the Senate. Watch my old buddy uh, who was head of the hearing yesterday in the congressional hearing, Betty Thompson. My old other drinking buddy, uh, Clyburn. And uh, watch what they're doing and seeing what happens. I thought I thought those 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 policemen yesterday gave a very good account for themselves for what happened to them in that January sixth uprising. I think that I think those people who did it should go to prison, and they deserved you know whatever time they get. And I know some people try to get them off, but they deserve whatever time they get. And some people are going to be in prison a long time for listening to Donald Trump. And one thing I, I've noticed that one of the people that Donald Trump endorsed yesterday lost their, their election for Congress. He endorsed one candidate and the other candidate won. I think I think people slowly but surely are, are he losing his grip by saying this guy's crazy. We've got to go some other way. You know, and, and, and he's raised $150 million for his next run. He's raising money, man. That's all he's doing. He pays for himself. I mean, he's just grifting again. All he does is grift. If you're dumb enough to pay him, then you deserve what you get. But he's the biggest political crook I've ever heard of or know. He's, he's like those those uh, dictators in those tin pot countries around the world. That's all he is. And it's, 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 is there anything else that's, that's new? Uh, you watched well, the Olympics? Yes, I did. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of suspected, I think I told your brother that, that I suspected that um, the USA was going to lose to France. I didn't think they had anybody who was going to stop Rudy Gobert, and he didn't. And the other guy who was just a bench warmer in the NBA, scored like 30 points. They let him go to old time, because they actually had to cover him, and they didn't. They may beat him next time, but I doubt it. The problem is they don't really have a scoring big man that would cause Rudy Gobert some problems. Uh, the guy they got, they, they got as a center, you know, the backup center they got, he really isn't very good. Never has been. He's seven feet tall. His mother was an Olympic person, too. She, she's about 6'8". But he's, he's, he's a lumbering guy. Like you see in A&T and other places, just big. But he's been in the NBA probably 10 years. He's won two championships. This is the backup guy. And we have him as, a, as our leading center. <laughs> you know, he was with the Lakers for about two years. And, you know, he, just, he played a minute here and there. He'll get a rebound. He'll block a shot. And he has his one little little hook he does. And he can score. But he's not going to score you a whole lot of points. He'll grab no, a rebound, and, and, and that's it. Durant is not playing defense right now. He never has. No. He's not a good defensive player. Look at him. They're, they're, they're like pins. He's got no body. As I used to say, he's light in the pants. Great shooter now. One of the greatest shooters of all time. But like, he's light in the pants. They can't rely on him to be a center. 
and, and that's really what I'm seeing on that team is nobody's playing defense. I mean, that's the problem. Well, well I mean, at the end, they had Drew Holiday in who can't shoot. He's a good defender, but he can't shoot. And he's up there shooting the last three or four times. I said, no. God. I mean, they lost the last, they, they missed the last six shots they shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I think they'll, they'll probably have a good chance of still pulling it out, believe it or not. Uh, that was a wake-up call to them, but, you know, Nigeria beat them because actually did, Nigeria had, a, had, a, had an NBA coach. The coach of Nigeria is a black assistant coach for, for the Warriors and a couple other places. He's a key coach. Mike Brown. He's been a head coach three or four times in the NBA. He knows what the hell he's doing. He knew all these guys and knew their weaknesses. That's how they beat him. Nigeria beat him in that exhibition game. If they were to play him five times, they'd probably lose four times. Nigeria would. They'd beat him once in a while. Uh, and America may lose another game, believe it or not. Uh, that boy from uh, Slovenia is really good. He scored, I think, 50 the other day. Yeah. His first game. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he was shooting from half court. Luca, Luca. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's a seven foot and he's shooting from half court. <laughs> we ain't gonna stop it. They didn't stop him. They stopped him all year. What the hell? He ain't gonna stop him in the Olympics either. <laughs> and, you know, it's. So looking at that, you know, it's. That'll be their toughest battle, I think, Slovenia. I think they probably have a shot at beating almost everybody else. Russia's just a. I think they're probably in it. They're probably just a shadow of themselves now. It's the basketball thing. Russia was really good when they had all the Russia, all those countries together, and they could pick it so much out of millions of people. The Russia that's now is only about, you know, third decisive of what once was. And people don't realize we we, we have a a thing about what what Russia is. But if you read Rachel Maddow's book on Russia. Basically, Russia is just an oil tank. If it didn't have an oil business, they'd be bankrupt. That's the only business they got. I mean, it's 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 a country that's in bad shape, and they got good arms, yes, and they're doing all that. But but they basically, when they were in Soviet Union, had all of those other countries. And while they weren't very efficient, they just was a lot of them. And as in sports that were like that, where they can get people from all those. 15 or 16 countries, they get the best. And they were better at that than we were. Now, uh, as I watched the Olympics, they they just barely make a splash. That's why they had to be sanctioned for the last two Olympics, because they have to cheat. They have to drug their people to make make them better. So they have to cheat, so that's what they've done. So for the last two Olympics, they haven't even had, had their flag up. So it's been watching interest, but you know, in watching this is the most disjointed Olympics I've ever seen. You can't find anything. I signed up for the Peacock Network for the, the enhanced stuff, and I still can't find anything. I mean, it's just, I mean, there are all these sports that I have no interest in seeing. Uh, I barely want to see rowing, and then you have these other ones like uh, mountain climbing and skateboarding and. What the hell is this? It's like they say, whatever you think you can do, we'll let we'll let you have a sport of that. And uh, that was, I mean, it's just it's kind of boring, actually, frankly. 
Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to track and field, which I think will be very good. I think those 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 will be competitive, but I think that's usually what I like to see. And basketball will be pretty good. But some of the other ones, you can have it. I, I sat down and I, I put my, on my, my DPR to copy all all the Olympics. So I, I think yesterday I think I copied like 10 hours of Olympic stuff. You know how much I actually saw it today when I looked at it? Zero hours. I, I raced all of it. There's nothing I wanted to see. And, and when you look at all the money that's been and, and you got no spectators and everything else, this should have been postponed for another year. It was really terrible. And I feel bad for, you know, the countries that had to put their money into this and waste their money and time. All right. Well, tell me how you really feel about that. <laughs> Well, that's how I really feel, sir. Well, I've been enjoying the Olympics. I think I'm just an Olympic guy. Yeah. And I like seeing the sports that you don't normally see. Uh, the, I was watching the slalom yesterday and the kayaking. And, well, that's, you know, that's really yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, you know, I was watching the horse. I watched a lot of the highlights. I don't think I watched the whole thing, but I watched the horse. Uh, yeah. Western and yeah. sitting down with my daughter because I'm teaching her the different sports too and it was enjoyable yeah that's good no I, I don't disagree with that I just uh, I guess I, I, I've gotten kind of jaded and I only want what I want unfortunately but uh, my, as I said the basketball and the uh, track and field which is next week I'm going to watch I may yeah, watch one or two the floor exercises in the gymnastics, those are usually pretty good freestyle ones. And Simone Biles has been doing well. Well, look like she has some emotional problems. Well, I, I don't think she has an emotional problem. I think she just needed some time off. And I think she was also kind of, you know, showing the world that if she ain't on the team, we ain't going to get no gold. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, I think she's. She, she didn't want them to lose because of her. Yeah, well, they, 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 these women are under a lot of pressure. I look at the, the, the Japanese black lady. She's under a lot of was under a lot of pressure. She never should have won, lost that round. She lost the other day. Oh, yeah, the tennis, I, I think, yeah. yeah, I think she just decided she did. I've done what I need to do. I think she won two matches. She said, adios muchachos. I don't need this. Yeah. Remember, she made more money last year than any other female athlete in the world. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, Naomi Osaka, uh, yeah. really proud of her for standing up to the media. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, well, you're a black person. You can do what we tell you to do. She said, nope, goodbye. You guys deal with this without me. And then she skipped the next two big events, and, and they, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They're going to do whatever she wants is what they're going to do. Exactly. I mean, that she, and see, I guess it's the thing about Athletes of color now are smart enough to understand their place in the marketplace and what they're in charge of. You know, I watched uh, my boy in uh, Baltimore, quarterback, and he's smart enough to get whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants, and those guys say whatever he wants, they'll do. He doesn't have an agent. 
he'll get somebody that knows what he's doing to sit next to him, but he doesn't have an agent. And, uh, you know, they're going to pay him well. They cannot get by with paying him any less than about 35 to $40 million a year. So they said, oh, you know, just come, come on in when you want to. We're not going to hold you hostage. They have to pay him, I think, seven or eight this year. But after that, it's 40 a year for probably the next five or six years. So, I mean, he, he, he's, you know, it's, it's, he's a lot, lot more collegial. And they're treating him the same way that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are treating Mahones. And uh, that's what you have to do. You can't just do what the Cowboys do. What's, what's the quarterback's name again, man? Don't worry about it. You know what I'm talking about. Not about 76 years old. He's doing some elder abuse over there. You hear this, folks? Elder abuse. How are they treating Dak Prescott? Well, you know, three years ago, they should have they should have signed with a new contract, and they wouldn't be where they are. And then he said, "Okay, I'm, I'm not going to sign for it." His agent said, "He has a kid a couple of years in his contract, and and, they, and he was making more money on his endorsement than he was making playing. Believe it or not, he's making 15 million on his endorsements. So, uh, and the thing about it is. Remember, Jack Prescott was drafted in the fourth round. Every team could have drafted him four different times. But he was the best quarterback in the SEC when he was the quarterback at Mississippi State. He's easily the best quarterback. I saw him play a couple times. But, but, but he said, and, and Jerry Jones wanted that other guy who's now at... Uh, the guy that's at Denver, that's who we wanted, who's a bust. And uh, that's who we wanted. And he only picked him because he was the last guy that was worth something that was on the board. But he needed a backup quarterback. And if he had not drafted him, the Cowboys would have been in the, in the, in the dumps this whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he personally retired Tony Romo. Oh, yeah, no question. No question. But uh, you know this whole this whole thing is as you look at it, the stupidity of some of this. Uh, now Houston, what he's doing with the boy in Houston, I think he got a problem. By the way, uh, NFL is going to probably let him play at some point. He's just going to pay all these people off. He'll pay each of these fifty women off. That's all to be done with it. That's a lot of women. Don't matter. He makes fifty million a year. It's no big deal. But you know, all 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 they're talking about now is not if he uh, pays them off, but how much he's going to pay them. That's all it is. It's going to be if. It's how many? That's why they had, they had to let him back in. And they may, they may you know sanction him for a couple of hits, but and Houston, you know, they, they were in such a bad state with with him. They treated him so badly. And then, and then they wouldn't trade him to anybody else because you got to do what I say and blah blah blah. And if Houston is just a, has been a dysfunctional organization, the guy who's the owner now is the son of the guy who bought the team into the NFL, and he was dysfunctional himself. You know, all of this goes on, and you, as you look at it, it's it's a dysfunctional, you know, quarterback. And then of course they get the game the coaching job to a black guy who I don't think knows what the hell he's doing. 
uh, I was a little surprised he got the job because I had never heard of the dude before. He was just an assistant on the Baltimore staff. But I'm glad that Tyrod, Tyrod Rod, Rod Taylor got another you know, 15 million or so to uh, do his thing. And he'll sit down and he'll sit down to the guy that they drafted after about three, four games, and that'll be it for him for the year. That guy has made somewhere in the neighborhood of $100 million. And he uh, hasn't taken too many hits. No, no, he hasn't. Every time he schedules to start somewhere, he gets hurt. People forget that he was scheduled to start ahead of Joe Flacco. When when Joe Flacco was, was uh, you know, a rookie. And he was scheduled to start ahead of, of Joe Flacco. And then, of course, he got hurt. And he didn't start. Then, then eventually they sent him off to... Uh, uh, Buffalo, and he, he got Buffalo for the first time in 30 years into the playoffs, and of course they cut it and traded him to, 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 to uh, the Cleveland Browns. And of course he got hurt again. So they, they traded him, and the coach went with him from Buffalo, went with him to San Diego. And then of course he got hurt again. <laughs> and he said he's time for him, he's making 15, 20 million dollars and playing two games. I got to give it to the brother. And he, he got it, and of course. He only played two or three games, you know, playing for uh, uh, Texas because they got no line. So they're going to beat him up. But he won't be that long. And he'll, he'll be just, you know, this time he'll probably retire, though, because I think he'll probably gonna beat up bad. And he was a good quarterback. I remember when he played at Virginia Tech. He was great at So I'm saying, you know, and, but, you know, it's, he's been in, in circumstances where they did not do an offense that did him good, and they did not protect him. That's the one thing I'll say about Buffalo. They protect that guy. The team knows they will go nowhere without 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 that boy. He he they will go nowhere without him. So uh, the bottom line is, and they're not gonna they're not hassling him, and he ain't hassling them. They're gonna say, here's a contract that you got to look at it, just sign away and keep on going. Because that's the the goal right now is, and Dak Prescott, he and some of these other guys. That forced the market to where it is, which is forty million, and uh, he'll do good. And then, of course, the Vikings look like fools, as do the uh, the University of Minnesota, because his boy went up to Fargo, stuff went up to to, to to Fargo, North Dakota, North Dakota State. That's a Minnesota kid. And the University of Minnesota said, "We'll give you a scholarship, but you have to be a." You have to be a tight end or something. You're not going to let you be a quarterback. Shit, hell no. So he got 15 million to be to be the third draft pick in of North Dakota. And that could actually realistically, that was the best place he could have ever have went because they they've always run a pro offense, and and they make the, the quarterback there does what a pro guy does calls plays and all defenses and all the other stuff so he's going to be a good player and I, he, and he'll be starting before the year's out because let's face it uh, the guy they got that, that started for them Garoppolo he, he got a fragile body you know, he ain't going to last long he gets hurt every year it's just a matter of when he gets hurt and uh, he was paid in the early stages 
of paying a quarterback high because he only makes $20 million. And the going rate now is 40 And nobody's going to get anywhere close to that because he, he can't stand. He can't, can't stay on the field. Uh, so they're going to start Garoppolo. Let's let him go for a while. And my bet is I give Garoppolo five games and the other boy will be starting. I give the guy, the kid in uh, from Ohio State, I give him two games and he'll start. Because uh, you got to realize that the guy, the, the player from from uh, uh, Buffalo, from uh, Baltimore, has reshaped that that whole position. Then then Mahomes uh, from from Kansas from Kansas City have reshaped that that position completely. And the people who aren't seeing that are going to be in, are going to be in last place, like the Jets. The guy that they drafted, I think, was was. It was number one, I guess. They got that kid from from uh, from uh, Brigham Young. Forget about it. Uh, he he's is. Fast, he's fast. Uh, and and <clears throat> how, how long do you think he's gonna last behind that defensive line, the offensive line that the Jets have? He won't last the season. And, and the quarterbacks who who, who are driving your teams have to be dual threat guys. Like fire and thunder kind of guys. I mean, that's, that's 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 what the league is. Now, that's why they'll give so much money for Deshaun Watson, even though he's he's raping all these women. They'll still give him 50 million, shit. Dak Prescott, all, the, all these guys are big and, and dual threats and everything else. People forget that Lamar Jackson's a pretty big guy. Not you know, He's not thick, but he's tall. And the guy that they that they they've signed signed as his backup, who was on the practice squad, he beat Lamar in high school. He's just like him. I saw him play some a couple of the games. He almost won that that playoff game. Game after Lamar got hurt in Buffalo. He's yeah, good. Just for the radio uh, sponsors, uh, that's this is allegedly allegedly. We don't know any any actuality. We're not a legal team, so all this is alleged, and this is just for entertainment. Oh, what did I say? It was was was, it was allegedly. Uh, You talking about uh, the guy raped all these people and all this stuff? No, 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 no. That's the allegations of somebody else. Right, right. That's not my. I have no idea. I never met the man. Exactly. So I I, I, I think he was a great college. I saw him college a lot. Great yeah, I put, put my legal statement out there because I, 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 I can't afford it. <laughs> like he's listening. I can't, I can't afford it. But, um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 was, I was happy Joe Biden is bringing the interpreters back from uh, Afghanistan. I, I'm glad of that. Yes, I agree with you there. I mean, we, we had those people stick to an exact. Stick their necks out, and uh, for us to leave, them, they'd all be killed. Yeah, I think that's you know them and their families need to be brought back somewhere safe. We shouldn't have been over there. But if we've been over there, should have been over there just a little bit and been done with it. We should not have been out there over there twenty years. I'm saying somebody who's a, who's a father who had a son who was over there, and I prayed every day that he get back. So, my whole thing is is that we should never have been in Afghanistan. We didn't lose nothing there, and you know, it, 
when we think of the blood and treasure that we put into Afghanistan that we could have put into our own country, it's just, you know, it's shameful. You've been, as I said in the previous broadcast, you've been to other countries' airports. Look at ours. When you, when I went to China and I went to Hong Kong and I went to Beijing and look at their, their airports, look at ours. There's no airport that we have in our country that's as good as those. Neither one. So, and some of like I was in LaGuardia, I guess it was about three years ago again, and they've spent a ton of money to upgrade. It's a dump. It's still a dump. <laughs> oh, man. In fact, my, my trip to Europe, when I went to visit Heather and them uh, over in Europe for those two weeks with Neil, the mistake I made in my travel is I took us from Raleigh Durham to New York and then on to, 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 to uh, London. What I should have done was went directly from Raleigh Durham to London. But I wanted to try Virgin Airlines and of course what happened is we had a snowstorm, we had a rainstorm in Raleigh Durham so we missed our flight. So we had to go into LaGuardia and we had to stay overnight there. And the airline was fine. They got some room and all the rest of that stuff. That was fine. But I'm saying, and of course, we lost. A, we had paid what he had paid for for the trip, and of course, it it probably ends up costing me another probably four hundred dollars for, for that for that flight because we had to we had to we had to get a different you know, rental car and everything else. And, and by the way, driving in England was one of my worst driving experiences in my entire life. If you drive on the wrong side of the road, the cars are smaller, and the road is smaller. And they have all these roundabouts that you go to. And uh, Neil, Neil, Neil was driving with me, and he was riding in the front seat with Sharon and and Daisy. And he was telling, he was he, he was cursing me out. Said, "Watch out for that guy! Watch out for that guy! Don't run into that guy!" Because we had to go 50 miles to go from the airport in London to where Heather was in that little town she was in. And once I got there, I didn't drive the rest of the time I was there. <laughs> I never drove again. Heather's husband or Heather drove me wherever I needed to go. Because that was, that, that was to, to me, that was a death trap. <laughs> yeah, I got a message of mine, always driving on the right and now you're on the left. Yeah, it's, it's, it's everything is just the opposite and the drivers aren't really very good either. And of course the road is narrower all the way throughout. They have a lot of three-lane roads in some of these towns. There's, there's a right and a left and the one in the middle. And I, we haven't done that in probably 50 years. I remember that as a little kid seeing three-lane roads. But we haven't done that since the interstates were built. And it was just, you know, I, the, the food was different. It wasn't bad. We had scotch eggs and some other things that were different. The thing about England that, that I thought was very different, I'll be listening out there, is the refrigerators are all small. They're basically just picnic boxes. So you have to buy food every other day. And food is all fresh, less, less preservatives. And it was different, and I had a good time with you know, my daughter Heather and, and, and the grandkids and her husband. And they were wonderful hosts. And we stayed in, we stayed in a wonderful uh, three-story apartment that had three, three, enough for three, three families. We, each of us stayed on a different floor, and it was, it was fun. Uh, but uh, and, and myself with, with Heather, we we would always go to a 
we went three or four different restaurants around around town, and we went to medical issues, and she would, she'd drive me places. And uh, but we had a good time. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Heather is, is at, at at one of the state fairs now in Maryland. She's become a very big uh, sewer of stuff. She she's got a very big online business of doing army patches and. And all kinds of different things that she sews. She's been, I think she told me she has five or six sewing machines, different surgeries and every kind of other machine. And she does that and she shows them to me. And they're really nice stuff. And, and she, has, she has it on TikTok and on eBay and stuff like that. And people from all over the world buy her stuff. Uh, she and, you know, great. She's got some great stuff. She's got some great stuff. And, you know, I guess the thing is, and I, I, I have said this before, her and Bobby were actually students of mine at various times at Auburn. And they were much, I won't say much better students than I would have thought of them, but they were both great students. You got to see, see your kids differently than you see them at home. And I was proud of both of them, so that's good. You know, as we are moving toward the, the close of the show, Dad, I wanted to talk a little bit about camping. I was reading recently Old Testament in the Bible where God told the people of Israel on the seventh month every year you should camp for seven days to remember what your people went through. What does camping mean to you and why is it important? Well, uh, I've always, you know, I, I guess I remember as a Boy Scout myself. And then remember, I became a 4-H agent and, and took you camping, took little Neil camping and uh, Pat's camping, and uh, I. But but I was as 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 a 4-H'er and, and as a 4-H agent. And of course, when I was a, a professor at, at Auburn, I, I, I ran a lot of camps and other things that were you know for 4-H'ers. So. As I retired and, and got into camping, it was, it, was, it was something my brother told me about. My late brother t- suggested I do, and he led me toward that. And I must say, you know, it was like God said, um, "This, you know, being a, you know a campground owner, this is the best thing I've probably ever done as far as being lucrative and also fulfillment and everything else." And uh, it gets me a chance to meet a lots of different people every day. And uh, you know, as, an, as a senior citizen, it's it's a, it's a really good thing. And, you know, we have a, a campground here in North Carolina that's one of the best in the world. And I, I say that not facetiously, but factually. And we have glamping pods and all kinds of different things. And you know, and I say to everybody out there, you know, think about taking time off. Is 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 really something we all ought to think about. We ought to take some time off and just be in the woods and see stuff and campground and do camping. And I think that's a wonderful thing. We have a, a big expo coming here into Raleigh, and I know that the, a lot of a lot of campground owners are coming and spectacles with our gifts and our glamping pods and our geodesic domes. And we've got all that, that stuff here, and it's everything is different. Tiny houses. If you any kind of a, a large campground, we have. And I'm, I'm really looking at getting some other different ones now, in fact. And my wife's looking at me and saying, what are you talking about? But, you know, 
I actually, I like to buy another lamping pot, but it takes about a year and a half to get one. And we have the only lamping pot in the southeast, and it's uh, it's always booked up. Well, listen, um, let's go ahead and uh, tell your fans goodbye and give them your word of advice for today. I want everybody to, to uh, pray for those 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 people in, in, in Washington, those, those policemen who had the courage to stop an insurrection in January 6th. Some of them almost got killed. Some of them did get killed. And I want to pray for each of them and their families. And they, and they went through some stuff that, as a military policeman, I was in four riots. I know what that's about. And I, I really feel for them, and I pray for them and their families. And uh, adios, muchachos. Amen. Love you, Dad.